You're listening to the Vendo Podcast. Hey, hello everyone out there. Uh, today I have the great pleasure of speaking with Sam Lukowitz, owner and CEO of Black Wolf Nation. It's a men's skincare company that's uh, just taking the market by storm. So Sam, thank you very much for joining us today. Yeah, of course. My pleasure. Excellent. So um, if you haven't noticed everybody, uh, Sam is relatively young. Before we got started here, he was, uh, you know, just talking to me about uh, he and his brother and, um, you know, what their family told them that they needed to do, uh, you know, when they were starting, starting the company. I just think it's a great place for us to start, Sam. So if you don't mind sharing that story again, uh, you and your brother, you guys were, what, 19 and, and 20 or, or how old were you when you? Uh, yeah, I was about 19 and 20, 21. Yeah, I, uh, I was in college. I was in economics. Um, which is super unenlightening. It was, they don't teach you much. I love to right. learn. Wasn't learning much there in economics. Uh, my brother was about to go into, uh, into business school um, in, in Canada. And we, we didn't really want to stay in school. We wanted to start our business and we wanted to drop out. And uh, our parents who are always super supportive, they said, uh, like with our blessing, you can just drop out and chart your own path, but you have to... Uh, get the business to a place where at least it's somewhat viable. And for them, that was, we had to complete the round we were trying to raise. We were raising like an angel pre-launch round of about 175,000. And, you know, we had to have a business plan and we had to have a logo created and a, a yeah. final product sample made. And we did those things and we dropped out and never looked back. Wow. Now, um, I mean, Hey, like they say, the rest is history. You guys have really, uh, you know, done well, but there's a lot of things from, that point and where you are and where you are now. Um, I've always been interested in, you, you have an idea and I'll get into, you know, where that idea, you know, came from and, and you know, the, the story about you going into Sephora and things like that. But when you have the idea, how do you make sure that everything's being manufactured properly? You, you, you know, that the ingredients are, are the right ingredients. How did you guys come up with, with the formula? So, we had a very clear vision of what we wanted in terms of an end result, which was a skincare line for guys that made the process of buying and using it really simple. We knew we wanted that. So for us, we focused much more on the positioning of the products, the, the packaging ourselves. And then we knew we wanted the best products on the market. So you have Kiehl's, Dermalogica, you have all these very expensive, somewhat unattainable brands. And a lot of them have actually really good formulas. So we, we called around to every contract manufacturer. You, most people are not going to be able to go build their own factory and make their right. own. You have to find a contract manufacturer. Basically, they are the ones that help out with, you know, constructing the formulas, um, getting your runs set up, and you effectively use their factory facilities uh, as you go. Um, and so what we did is we called a bunch of them. We found one uh, based in Florida that was fantastic. Mm -hmm. uh, they just felt different from everyone else. Like they would really uh, take us seriously. Cause that was actually the biggest thing. It's most people would not take us seriously. We were just too young. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, we, we sounded young. We weren't experienced. We, we, I don't know that we were the most articulate in the space. We didn't know any of the uh, esoteric verbiage. So we found one that was super nice. We sat down with them. We said, okay, here are the top three best products in the entire space. We want you to make a product that's good or better than these. Okay. Uh, and the first thing they said to us was, do you want an efficacy amount or do you want marketing amount of active ingredients? And we said, what's the difference? And they said, with efficacy, it's enough concentration with the price 
of it actually working. Whereas marketing amount is uh, just enough where you're legally allowed to put it on your bottle, but it doesn't really do anything. Right. It's so a placebo. We, yeah, exactly. We said throw everything at it. Just throw the kitchen sink yeah. products because we found out that the difference between a very mediocre product and the best is like a dollar per unit to manufacture. Wow. Right. Okay. So we said, just throw everything at it. Give us the mm -hmm. Rolls Royce of product. Um, Excellent. So they did. And we, and we worked on that. Uh, and we finally came out with our first three products launched right. in 2018. And those first three products were? Face wash, uh, the activated charcoal face wash, um, a bump cream, yeah. and then an oil-free moisturizer. So okay. it's like a quick dry, quick absorb. The last thing a guy wants is moisturizer sitting on their face feeling greasy. So yeah, yeah, very true. quick absorb. Um, and that's what we started with. And only two of those products actually sold super well. The bump cream doesn't sell as well because it's a more of a unique product. Mm -hmm. But we keep it because everyone loves it. Yeah. Yeah. So there's this, um, by the way, I love the photo of you and your brother on the website in the top. Right. In the bathtub, yeah. <laughs> I just think that, that that's great. Have you guys ever thought about putting that on your bottles at all? or, or, or... Well, Maybe we should put it on the packaging. Maybe when we go into uh, retail, we should put it on the packaging. Yeah, it's pretty so cool. We'll put the picture of us in the bathtub juxtaposed to the picture of us when we got the 30 under 30 list. Yeah. We'll just yeah, do the really cool. yeah. Congratulations on the Forbes 30 under 30. Oh, yeah, thanks. Yeah, that was cool. My mom was super happy. Probably more happy than me and my brother. Yeah, oh, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> Very exciting for a parent, for sure. Yeah. Um, so you started in the skincare industry as a salesperson. We, I mean, we've been entrepreneurs since we were like eight years old. So mm -hmm. someone who was selling skincare approached us and said, do you want to help me sell this product of mine? Mm -hmm. so I guess you could say that, but we- How did that help you in, in you know, form, or creating Black Wolf Nation? Well, it just introduced us to the skincare sphere because we couldn't actually sell a single bottle. The stuff worked, but the product didn't look very nice and the smell was awful. Okay. Uh, like an alcohol smelling product, the packaging was horrendous. Yeah. So no one wanted to store it um, or to, uh, to retail it, but it definitely got us curious about the skincare space. We happened to be having different skin issues at the time as well. And all of that came together to leading us to wanna take a deep dive into the space, look at the trends, what was happening. Um, and then we saw what was happening, which is that men's skincare usage was exploding from almost nothing to something that was very small, but growing at a huge clip. Lots of brands were diving in. Initially, it was all legacy brands diving in, basically mm -hmm. selling to men the way they've been selling to women for, for 100 years, um, trying to get men to adopt the ways of taking care of the skin that women have. And what we saw was a clear lack of industry market fit. Mm -hmm. you hear about founder market fit, product market fit. There was a lack of industry market fit here, which was, you can't say to a guy, we have an all natural organic toner and it's better than everyone else's all natural organic toner because they're going to look at you and say, I don't know what a toner is, but I have breakouts. <laughs> that's help me. So that's, a, and we saw that clearly. So we set out to making a skincare company that um, would make the process of buying and using skincare simple for guys. That was the okay. thing. Um, we would position to them, here is a face wash for oily skin, helps with breakouts. Yeah. Our yeah. product is called face wash. That's it. You're not allowed to say facial cleanser, for instance, at Blackwell. Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh, there's a certain, um, there's a certain lexicon for us that, that we adhere to so that uh, we're not saying things that guys are going to be confused by. Yeah, hundred percent. No, I, I, I get it. Like, keep it simple, stupid, you know, just let me know what it is and I'm going to buy it. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, 
talk a little bit about uh, your search in Sephora and how you used Sephora as a kind of like a, a, a research lab for seeing how. Oh yeah. So what we did is, so we're not in Sephora. I don't think we have plans to be in Sephora. What I did was I went to Sephora a few times when we were starting this brand and I'd actually try and watch guys try to buy product and just look, oh, what's on this bottle? What's on this packaging? Just look at every, and just be completely confused. Yeah. Not what to do. The salesperson would approach, they'd run away because the last thing a guy wants in a store is for a salesperson to walk them through the whole store, showing them all the products. It was just so confusing. And they have a men's section. It's a sad section. It's in the back of the store. They've since dissolved it completely. They just spread it out. Yeah. They've just given up on men almost. And uh, it was just a sad section in the back with a few brands that were very expensive. And uh, it informed very early on uh, just how severe the problem was and how no one was really tackling it back then. And we're, we're talking now like 2018, 2017 even. Mm -hmm. So it was really early. Uh, in this transition. And I think we're still early in men adopting skincare. Um, but obviously now you see so many other brands are jumping in. Yeah, for sure. And, and you guys really, um, I mean, have done extremely well online. I, that when when we here at Bendo met you, you guys were, you know, all uh, direct to consumer. Yeah. Um, what did online enable you to do with the, you know, creating everything that you were talking about with the brand experience, the brand story, how did that enable you to uh, target men and, and get them to buy? Well, the cool thing is, is, I mean, people hit paid ads a lot, but the good thing about paid ads is that you're able to uh, be really precise in your targeting mm -hmm. from a demographic perspective, but psychographic. So Facebook's really good at finding people who think and want similar things to your existing customers takes some time to build some traction early on, but eventually it gets uh, it gets rolling pretty well. But really what we were able to do is you can make changes on the fly constantly. Mm. We would do the customer service ourselves. And as we would learn from customers, we would change things daily. When you're in retail or even on Amazon where you can change things, it's, it's tough to just move things around, changing prices daily, um, changing bundles daily. Like a really good story is... Um, we, when we had our first three products, they really were positioned for oilier skin. Most men do have oily skin, but a lot of customers would write in saying, you know, what do I buy for oily skin or what do I buy for dry skin? Because it wasn't apparent. Um, or some people with dry skin to buy these products and say, it dries my face out. So this informed us to be able to make um, dry skin versions of our products. And we had a dry skin bundle and an oily skin bundle. We did that really quickly. And uh, it was just totally different formulas, positioned differently. We made the, the dry stuff white, the oily stuff was black. So it was very mm. obvious. And uh, questions pretty much uh, went away after that. I mean, people just knew what to buy. It was so simple. Wow. Yeah. So uh, that's what e-commerce allows you to do. It allows you to be very nimble, very versatile, react to changes. And you're not locked into anything. And did you guys do all that within that initial, um, um you know, 175k that you guys raised was that what you like? You you got the formulation, you got yeah. the packaging, you put it out there on on social media. We uh we grew to like significantly more than half a million dollar a month before we ever raised any more money than that. Wow, revenue. Yeah, we we did a small angel round of about a million and a half dollars. Um, it was only uh, exclusively for angel investors who themselves had operated. Um, either e-commerce or beauty businesses. Okay. Um, no institutional investors participated. 
And it was great because the advice and mentorship that they all offered was worth probably even more than the money they invested in most cases. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Because they know what, I guess they've done it themselves. So they're really sharing with you some, uh, you know, things that they've learned and, and, and the potholes that they've. Uh, yeah, exactly. They also speak the same language as you. It's really hard to, to articulate your problems to somebody who has not been in similar situations because they're almost trying to learn on the job and then try to teach you. Right. Possible. So it's better to have people who understand where you're coming from on everything and have them invested mm -hmm. uh, in you because then they have skin in the game. Uh, I find their advice almost changes because it's different when, when you're giving someone advice where you have no, no stake in what they're doing. I think oftentimes what you'll do is you give them advice that helps them also almost feel better about what they're doing. Right. encourage and motivate right that changes when you have money on the line you give your real feedback your real that's advice. True. it's much more critical and that's just yeah. Helpful. yeah 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 very 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 true when you were um uh, you know on online uh, talking a little bit more about your social media you guys had i remember going on to youtube and seeing a lot of your influencers and and mm -hmm. how did you guys did what came first uh, like you reaching out to the influencer the influencer reaching out to you how has that relationship helped help you to, uh, you know, build Black Wolf Nation? So uh, it's a mixture of both. Um, what I found is that while influencers used to drive revenue, I don't know that they do anymore. I haven't found any KPIs uh, being able to be met with influencers at all. Uh, I saw it a little differently. I see it as a bit of an SEO play. If you Google Black Wolf or you search on YouTube for Black Wolf, I want the first three pages to just be reviews. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, this product's everywhere and it's reviewed by a ton of people and it's reviewed well, so I should buy it. It's similar to Google reviews or getting your blogs ranked on Google search or what we do with Amazon, getting our, our products on page one um, with amazing reviews. That's, that's how I looked at it for, uh, for YouTube actually. Right, right. Okay, okay, excellent. Um, how have you um, differentiated Black Wolf um, from the other competitors that are that are out there. Uh, you know, how, how have you guys seen yourselves? Um, well, yeah, just how have you differentiated yourself from the other competitors that are out there? Well, for better or for worse, I think we're our attitude is completely different from everyone else. No one is. I mean, I mean, there might be someone selling two products a day that's, that's similar that I don't know about, but for the most part, uh, everyone is focused very directly on. Um, I think being a bit unisex, so focusing to men and women. Mm -hmm. um, they're focused on marketing the sustainability side of this, on the all natural end of the spectrum for products. They're focused on, um, you know, brand and aesthetics above everything else. And we sort of looked away from all of that and said, okay, our, our core customers are gonna be men. Um, they're gonna be in their 20s, 30s and 40s they need help and we serve them first and last. And our attitude is completely different. And so when we make a decision, the decision is not um, based on any of those previous factors I mentioned, it's what is going to make the customer's experience better. So if you look at our brand versus other people's brands, our products, they're very simple. It just says face wash or moisturizer. Why? Because it's super simple. We didn't need to plaster all over it that it's eco-friendly and all natural and has 85 different ingredients and jojoba. That's irrelevant to the customer. Um, you know, are our products natural? Yeah, the best ingredients in our products. We don't shout about it because it's not, it's not important to our customers. 
which ingredients. They just want to know it's the best product. Right. Um, the second part is, you know, is it sustainable? Well, if you use up the product, recycle the bottle after, then it's sustainable. So there's no need to scream about that either. Right. Uh, and similarly, there's no reason to market to men and women. Women have plenty of products. There's so mm -hmm. many out there. It's a huge space. I'd love to be able to play in the women's space eventually because of how big the market is. And I think it could be fun. But for now, I think that our customers want there to be a product that's quintessentially male, very much for them. Uh, speaks to them. The packaging is cool. It's Black Wolf. I mean, it's very different branding from most other companies. It's not obvious, right? Right. So, you know, we'll see how we'll see how it goes um, in the long run. But I think that that attitude of making our customers drive all of our decisions is a completely different approach to most of other companies. Uh, and I think that if you look at it as an overview, I think that we look completely different from the else. You, you you've talked a, you know a lot about. And, and I, you know, I think you're dead on with uh, just keeping it simple, um, making it attractive to, to men and easy for us to understand why we need to be, you know, purchasing Black Wolf Nation. Do you find, though, that um, women are, are buying for their guys because they know that their guys will like it as well? Are you, are you seeing that in your, in your demographics? Yeah, a lot of that. Yeah, a lot of our customers are women buying for men. Um, yeah. And the only way we can, the only reason I can tell you that they're buying it for men is that uh, we can see from the customer service inquiries and a lot of the reviews, it says, I bought this for my husband. Yeah. And it's really not obvious. Like if, if you're a woman looking for a product, we're so obvious about the fact that we're for men, you might not necessarily want to buy it, which may, maybe hurts us, but I think also helps us in another way. Um, and uh we, I think we have some women who buy for themselves because our products are probably more effective, mm. much more affordable than, you know, the equivalent women's product. We benchmark right. our $15 face wash is benchmarked against 30, 40, $50 face washes from wow. high-end stores that you'll go to. That's how we wow. benchmark. Yeah. So if you want to get a product of any sort of equivalent caliber, you're paying a significant amount more. Um, whereas we're just a few dollars more than, you know, Axe or Gillette. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that's driving some of the reason why uh, women, we've seen a, a small uptick as we've gotten more awareness, women are buying for themselves, but it, it's still a very small percentage. I know we only have a few more minutes here, so I'm going to ask you a couple questions in closing. One that I think is pretty important just for other entrepreneurs out there in the audience is, how have you found entrepreneurial mentors? You talked a little bit you know, earlier about you know, mentors being those who are invested, but um, can you talk a little bit about that, how you have found uh, other entrepreneurial mentors for yourself? Yeah, well, it was really tough because growing up in Montreal, a lot of the mentors, mentors, people that I met um, were not great. Um, and I think they thought very small and I think that they, they gave us not the best direction. It was really when I started reaching out to some of the founders of the biggest companies that I knew. Mm. I, I aimed as high as possible. Um, and, I, and I reached out and I said, would How you- How did you reach out? I'm sorry to interrupt. Oh, no problem. Through LinkedIn or Twitter. Okay. And I said, you know, what would I have to do for 30 minutes of your time? I started a business. Um, we do X amount in sales or we raised X amount of money or something that shows that you have been able to achieve anything mm -hmm. um, to work on, to work with. Um, and, you know, I'm facing this very specific problem. I'd like your advice. Gives them something very clear to answer. And I wrote to probably 20 people, three answered. Um, all three, by the way, ended up investing in our company down the road. Um, and you, we, 
You have one meeting, they give you a bunch of advice. The key is take the advice, implement the advice and report back with what happened. Okay. I can't believe how many times now that people reach out to me for advice, how many times I give advice and half of them, I never hear back from them. Mm. You know, yeah. or, or, or I only hear back from them when they say, can you talk to me and give me more advice? I don't hear right. about it. It's like we never uh, spoke about the previous subject. So that's what I did. And those relationships continue to build. And I tried to invest in, in fewer relationships that I tried to make, um, you know, deeper rather than a thousand that, you know, included one conversation, you know, right. network broadly doesn't always work. And then from there, you start to get into networks with different people, the e-com network, the marketing network, and um, people introduce you and it, it starts to take on a life of its own. But I always recommend that people find maybe two or three people to really uh, lean into and reward those mentors with success. Yeah. What they give you, try to implement it, bring some success to the table, show them what they did worked, and they'll give you more advice. It's very rewarding. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. I think that's great advice. Uh, last question here. What's next for Black Wolf Nation? You started off with three products. You have more now. Yeah. Um, yeah tell us what's next. Skincare was the obvious on-ramp because it was the most disconnected from the consumer. We thought we've gone into body already, hugely successful. Um, the plan is to enter every single men's wellness vertical. Um, from the moment a guy wakes up to the moment he goes to sleep, we want him interacting with as many Black Wolf products as possible. As long as it's solving a clear issue in their day, as long as it's simple and the best product possible, we'll do it. Excellent. Yeah. Hey, Sam Lukowitz, CEO, founder of Black Wolf Nation. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Of course, yeah, anytime. Nice talking to you as always. Good talking to you. Take care.